We're going to pray together before we begin our Torah study. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Amen. In the Amidah, the, the standing prayers in Avot, we pray and address God in a very specific way. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Elohei Avatenu. Elohei Avraham, Elohei Yitzchak, Elohei Yaakov. Blessed are you, Lord our God, and God of our fathers. God of Abraham, God of Isaac, and God of Jacob. And this helps us understand that our relationship with God is connected to the family that we are a part of, that begins with Abraham and continues. And so all of us who are descended from Abraham and Isaac and Jacob are part of a big family, one big family. And this family, this mishpocha, and that's a word everyone should be comfortable saying, mishpocha, can you say that with me? Mishpocha, it means family, the Jewish people, this, this big family is called to be a big family and a special kind of family. And you might say, why? Why big? Why special? And in this week's Torah portion, we see why. Genesis 12, verses 1 through 5, puts it this way. The Lord said to Avram, that was his name before, this moment, get yourself out of your country, away from your kinsmen and away from your father's house and go to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation. Say that with me, a great nation. I will bless you and I will make your name great and you are to be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse anyone who curses you. And by you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Or as Buber translated, and by you, all the families of the earth will bless themselves. Meaning they will learn to bless. Verse 4, so Avram went as Adonai had said to him, and Lot went with him. Avraham was 75 years old when he left Haran. Avram took his wife Sarai, his brother's son Lot, and all their possessions, which they had accumulated, as well as the people they had acquired in Haran, and then they set out for the land of Canaan and entered the land of Canaan. So back to the question, why big? Because that's what God told Abraham, I'll make of you a great nation. And elsewhere, as we'll read, he says, it your descendants will be uncountable. And he says this to an old man who has no children and an old woman as well. And why did I say a special kind of family? Well, two parts to that answer. First, special because by Abraham and his descendants, all the families of the earth will be blessed. And so we're called to be a blessing. So if you're sitting next to someone, you know something about their call. People sometimes say, I want to know what my calling is. I'm going to tell you. And you can tell the person sitting next to you, your calling is to be a blessing. 
Your calling is to be a blessing. So we're special. We're called to be a blessing to every family, every tribe, every nation, every people group, every ethnic group, every color of skin, every language. Second part of this special family. We're special because this Jewish family is called to be a family of many nations. That's the wild part. A Jewish family that's a family of many nations. And welcoming to all those who would love God and his Jewish people. Let's go to a second part of this in Genesis chapter 17, verses 4 through 6. The Lord says to Abraham, as for me, behold, my covenant is with you. And you will be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Avram, but your name shall be Avraham, Abraham. For I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful. I will make nations of you. And kings will come forth from you. You old man, you barren old man. You and your wife can't have kids. Wrong. You will. I'll make you the father of a multitude of nations. And this part of the Hebrew is particularly interesting. It's, it's a phrase, av hamon goyim. Goyim is a word that's familiar in the hearing of many Jewish people. Goyim, the Gentiles. To which some Jewish people would say, oy vey, Abraham is the father of Gentiles. Yeah, yeah. That's what it says. That's what God says. That's not my opinion. That's what Torah says. Av Hamon. That's interesting. It's, Av means father. And Hamon is often translated multitude. That's a good translation. Um, but Hamon can also express a, another idea, and that's a crowd or a roar or even a murmur, or just being noisy. And so you could turn it into this. I'm going to make you the father of some noisy people, noisy families. And some of you came from really loud families. And some of those families are Jewish, and some of those families are Italian. And some of those families are uh, Hispanic or Latinx. I'm not even sure how to say these things anymore. But noisy, isn't it true that the family of God's people can be particularly noisy sometimes? It's according to the promise of God. And Paul, Messianic Jewish apostle, you know he was Messianic Jewish. It's a good way to describe it. But he was sent to the Goyim, to the nations. He emphasized all this when he was writing his Italian fellow believers in Rome. It's in Romans chapter 4, verses 17 and 18. And he cites what we just read. As it's written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father, Paul writes, in the presence of God in whom you believe, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being what does not yet exist. Isn't that what Eric Painter was talking about? God calls into being what doesn't exist. It's not an abstraction. 
He calls reality that doesn't yet exist into existence. And when it's people, he's calling personality, personhood. Fathers and mothers, if your children are sitting with you, you're sitting next to someone who was called into being by a loving God. And kids, your parents were called into being by a loving God. We all have our origins in this. The God who gives life to the dead and calls into being what does not yet exist. Against all hope, Abraham, in hope, believed and so became the father of many nations, just as he had been told, so shall your offspring be. So the fatherhood of Abraham was determined and set by the Lord, and his offspring reflects all of this. And if we truly are the sons and the daughters of Abraham, then we embrace his calling as our personal calling and our national calling. And so, let me say this, there's no room in this mishpacha. There's no room in Abraham's great family to be hating or cursing other nations or other people groups or disregarding or having no value placed upon them. Why? Why do I say that? Because we're called to be a blessing. A blessing to every nation, every people group, every ethnic group. That's what God said. Now, everyone wants Abraham's blessing, but let's admit it, there are times when it will challenge us to pay the price. Willie Nelson and Coldplay have sung it this way, not about Abraham, but about life. Nobody said it would be easy. Nobody said it would be this hard. And at this fragile time in human history, many people are tempted to speak and act without regard for this calling to love and to bless. And so I took special note this week when Tyler Perry posted something that reflected the higher view that he learned from his mother. And I I saw this on a Jewish website, not Messianic Jewish, just regular common Jewish, called kveller.com. Kvell means to be happy. Kveller.com, and I'll read to you a little bit about what it said. This week, amid news about anti-Semitic tweets and rants, which have inspired anti-Semitic incidents in Los Angeles, but also in Jacksonville this past weekend. Jacksonville was in the news all over the country because of this. Tyler Perry shared lessons that his mother taught him about being an ally. And if you don't know this, Tyler Perry is black, his mother is black, and she was a preschool teacher uh, in NOLA, New Orleans, New Orleans Jewish Community Center. And Perry shared on Instagram a picture of his mother with one of her classes at the Jewish Community Center, Willie Maxine Perry, his mom, 
died in 2020 at age 64. She spent most of her life working at the New Orleans JCC. And last year, as Tyler Perry won a humanitarian award at the Oscars, he shared an anecdote about the bomb threat on his mother's JCC. Remembering her coming home in tears that day, and he also spoke about the important lessons she imparted to him. He said, my mother taught me to refuse hate. She taught me to refuse blanket judgment. In this time with all of the internet and social media and algorithms that want us to think a certain way, he said he hopes that all of us will teach our kids to refuse hate. And then the Jewish article, Jewish website article said, we can certainly say amen to that. that I thought was particularly amusing. It's not a normal Jewish response. Let's say amen to that. We all appreciate Tyler's message at this time as a fellow American and a prominent creator. So I want to read to you just some of Tyler Perry's Instagram post um, below the photo that he posted. And he said, this photo is of my mother with these adorable children that she worked with at a Jewish community center. I remember her coming home from work one day devastated because there was a bomb threat and my mother was horrified that there were people who wanted to blow up a building full of children because they were Jewish. It brought her back to that pain of having to live through the bombing of a church in Alabama where three little black girls died. He goes on, my mother made sure that I knew the commonality of what black people and Jewish people have endured. She not only taught me about slavery, but she also taught me about the Holocaust. But in teaching me about all our common pains, she also taught me about the allies that Jewish people have been for black people. Case in point, it took allies to get us to a better place in this country. And those allies didn't look like us. It was Jewish allies that were murdered in Mississippi trying to help us get the right to vote. I can fill this post with so many examples, including my own allies that I work with today who have helped me grow a business that has allowed me to hire more black people than most businesses in Hollywood. No one makes it alone, refuse hate. I really love that response. And the fact that Tyler Perry learned this from his mother and her experience, and he took what was in her heart into his heart. And he knew it. He knew the source, and he could tell us all about it. And that tells us something about the power of generations together and what it means when we learn something that is of eternal value from the Lord and how we can pass that on to our children and our children's children, and not just to them, but to everyone we could influence or have any effect on. When I was growing up, my father, Bert Levine, made a big impression on me over a long period of time. And he fought racism and prejudice and discrimination. And he stood up for minority rights. As a Jew, he stood against segregationists 
in that special southern institution. If you didn't grow up in the South, you may not know about it. It was the gentleman's agreement. And it was like this silent agreement among fine southern gentlemen to discriminate against Jews and blacks and other minorities without facing any accountability. It was just the way it was. And they did it with, often with that polite Southern charm, which we all love and know so well. But it was just understood that those people, those people just weren't welcome in so many places. Those people, meaning Jews, blacks, other minorities. Those people, meaning people like us. Those people just weren't welcome everywhere. Weren't welcome in those fine southern country clubs and businessmen's groups and neighborhoods and amusement parks. Because those people, well, you know how they are. That's the way they would say it. You know how they are. Well, my father was one of those people. I was one of those people. A Jew in the South. And so I had to learn how to live in that world. And my father taught me how to have a strong sense of Jewish identity and strong Jewish values and to stand up for others and not just for ourselves. And he taught me what... Rabbi Hillel taught, and it's recorded in Pirkei Avot, chapter 1, verse 14. He used to say, if I am not for me, who will be for me? And if I'm for myself alone, what am I? And if not now, then when? And we learn something about standing together and being allies for those who needed allies. And so we as Jews were allies for the blacks and allies for the Catholics who were minorities and allies for the Greeks and the Italians who were minorities in our town. And we were allies together. I grew up in a family with six kids, so some people who didn't know better didn't recognize that Levine meant uh, from the tribe of Levi. Uh, they thought we must be Catholic to have so many kids. But I tell you this because to be joined to the Lord and to be the father that God called him to be, Abraham, had to get up because it was in his heart and his mind to get up and go. He had to leave so many possible allegiances and loyalties and identities that could have competed with his loyalty to God and the world which God has created in love. And so he had to say yes to God's plan to love the world which he has created and the diverse peoples and the families of the earth. And the Lord sent him away from his family area, his hometown, his homeland, to another land where he was a stranger. And he had to learn, not just to coexist, but he had to learn to love those who didn't love him back. 
So to be sons and daughters of Abraham means we say yes to the love that Abraham had, the love of God and that love of others by which he lived. And it also means we spend ourselves in practical ways that reflect Abraham's faith and the ways that he served. And I want to highlight two of the ways that Abraham served that are influential to us and are foundational to our understanding of ministry in a messianic synagogue. Two foundational ministries, hospitality and children's education. Hospitality is spoken of in Hebrews 13, verse 2. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. This is pointing back to Abraham, who did show hospitality to strangers. And others did as well. For thereby some have entertained even angels. And regarding children's education, Genesis 18, verse 19 says, For I have chosen Abraham so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just, so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. So these are part of the promises. It's not just having happy worship time, though that's good, and that's necessary, and that's important to us. And it's part of how we renew and refresh ourselves. But when we're not together or we're not here, when we are out there, we are called to be good and we're called to be just and we're called to be faithful and we're called to be true and we're called to live like Abraham lived. This week's Haftorah portion speaks about the temptations that the people of God face as we try to do that. And you know what the big temptation is? It's to give up. Isaiah 40, verses 27 through 31, and this is part of the passage that, and the theme that has been running through this service that each person was getting who prepared. Not because we coordinated, but because we listened. We read the word, we abided in the Lord, we let his word abide in us, we sorted through all the things we could do and say, and he started speaking to each of us regarding this thing. Isaiah 40, is it 40 or 41? 40, okay, good. 40 verse 27. I just was making sure I didn't have a typo in my notes. Isaiah 40 verse 27. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from Adonai. My rights are ignored by my God. Why are you fetching? Why do you feel forgotten and disenfranchised and ignored? Verse 28, haven't you known? Haven't you heard that the everlasting God, Adonai, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not grow tired and weary? His understanding cannot be fathomed. Isn't that what you were teaching us to sing today, Brian? A song you learned as a child that we would learn it as children and as adults of every age. Don't you know? The everlasting God who creates everything, he doesn't get tired and weary. Verse 29, he invigorates the exhausted. He gives strength to the powerless. All you who are exhausted, God will invigorate you. Everyone who's powerless, 
No shame in that. This was written not to you today, but to all of us forever. But it was given to Isaiah a long time ago. All of you who are powerless, God will strengthen you. Verse 30, young men may grow tired and weary. Even the fittest may stumble and fall. Maybe you've had the same thought that Abraham had. I'm too old for this. And sometimes 30-year-olds say that. And sometimes 40-year-olds say that. And sometimes 75-year-olds like Abraham. Sometimes 80-year-olds like Moses. Isaiah had this word, young men may grow tired and weary, even the fittest may stumble and fall. Verse 31, but those who hope in Adonai will renew their strength. They will soar aloft as with eagle's wings. Let's elaborate on that. Those who hope in Adonai, those who wait on the Lord, That's how I learned it. Those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. And I understood waiting on the Lord was not an act of passivity. It's it's not just lying in your bed moping. Waiting on the Lord can be compared to waiting on a bus. You will not catch the bus in bed. Where are you going to catch the bus? At the bus stop. Those who go to the right place with the right expectation are waiting and hoping. They're hoping. Those who hope in Adonai, those who wait on the Lord, will renew their strength. And they will rise up with wings of eagles. And if you know anything about eagles and some of these other raptors, they catch the the air current, the thermals that lift them up. They don't exhaust themselves to get to a high place. And when they get up there, they're made for that. They're made for that position. They will soar aloft like eagles do. And when they're running, they won't grow weary. And when they're walking, they won't get tired. Folks, we are in this for the long haul. The Lord is renewing us. The Lord is giving us strength. The Lord is adding to us. And I want to close with a passage that is, um, it's from John chapter 4, verse 31. And it's so interesting because it tells us something about the disciples of Yeshua that they were clearly raised by Jewish mothers. You may not get that. I'll explain it to you. The Talmudim were pressing Yeshua and said, Rabbi, eat something. Eat something. And he answered, I have food to eat you don't know about. At this, they started talking to to each other. Could someone have already brought him food? 
And then Yeshua said to them, verse 34, my food is to do what the one who sent me wants and to bring his work to completion, to fullness. That's my food. How do you renew your strength? You wait on the Lord, but you also eat this secret food Yeshua was talking about. It is to do what the one who sent me wants and to fulfill it, to bring it into fullness. That's the secret Yeshua was talking about. Their secret strength, their secret food, it's available to everyone. Seek the Lord, find him. Wait on the Lord, and when he comes and he answers you, you will be glad. Hope in the Lord, and he will renew your strength. He will do it. Sandy was speaking to me yesterday about the same theme. And so she was preaching to me and saying, you tell everybody, wait on the Lord, you'll be renewed. And she raised her voice and she was so enthusiastic. I said, you want to preach tonight? And she said, no, I, I'm not good at that. I said, you're doing it right now. And she was proclaiming to me what the Lord proclaimed to each of you who spoke earlier, the same thing. You are being renewed. You are being strengthened. Recognize it. Know it and stand strong and be glad. That's it. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> Is that good? Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Not in yourself. Closing thought, this coming week, we celebrate Veterans Day. Let's end this time by expressing appreciation for all those men and women who have served our country in the military. Thank you. Thank you. My father and my uncle, his twin brother, were in the Army. My grandfather was a Marine. And many of you are veterans or have vets in your families and I'm thankful for you, thankful for them and appreciative for everyone who has been guarding our country's great pledge to be one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. It's a great time to reflect about our commitment to these high ideals and how we can do our part to make more progress now and in the near future. And that works together with our calling to be children of Abraham, and true disciples of Yeshua. And to show respect to that great prayer, Blessed are you, Lord our God, and God of our fathers, God of Abraham, God of Isaac, and God of Jacob. Amen. So you can stand. We're going to close now with Aaron's blessing.
And for those of you who are participating by live stream or podcast, would you consider standing with us financially? You can find out all the information at our webpage, bethisraelnow.com slash giving. Let's close with Aaron's blessing. And I've got my favorite Aaron. Aaron with an A. <laughs> yes. With two A's. Yes. yes. Hurrah. <laughs> Shalom. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his face to you and give you his shalom in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen.